The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. My name is Marina Sprocky, and I'm the host of Always Another Way podcast. I have a master's in professional counseling, and I'm the Ippy award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, and Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I've written positive divorce advice for the HuffPost, and I'm trained in clinical hypnosis. And this podcast speaks to out-of-the-box thinkers, and it's for those who hear the call of hope in Always Another Way. And if you're very rigid and set in your beliefs, this is probably not your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can and do change. And today is our 99th episode of Always Another Way podcast. And we are in the times of the coronavirus pandemic. And um, a few things about that. And one, I'm going to start with something kind of funny. So... um, In 2016, I had gone to this um, EDM festival called Phoenix Lights in the desert in Phoenix. And um, unbeknownst to me, um, because I'm a little bit older getting into that scene, I didn't know you were supposed to wear a bikini there. So I had on like jeans and a t-shirt and was probably like 20 years older than most of the people there. But nonetheless, I wanted to fit in. So they were selling these because it's in the desert and dusty, these super cool like hoods and masks. And I'm just going to like demo it real quick because I've been looking for an opportunity to wear it again. And I saw a really cute meme that said like, if it's, you know, coronavirus, we should all wear like something different. Like, and somebody's like the Mad Max wear like too soon. (laughs) But I just want to model this because just for a second, I want to rock this again. And so you can't really, you can't talk. Like once I put the mask on, but this is pretty dope. Wait, like this. I mean, that's like rock star. So if they were only holding concerts, I could rock this again. And if I had an in-studio guest, I would keep it on. But I don't. (laughs) So anyways, enough of that. Um, So... (laughs) You know, in these times of uncertainty, and in all honesty, like, nobody really likes uncertainty, and there's a lot of things going on. And what I do, oops, hair eyes, in times where I feel out of control is to try to kind of find things that I can and maybe get into a different mind space. And... Um, So I'm going to do a meditation on my YouTube channel, Another Way Hypnosis, later on tonight to kind of help you with that, getting into another mind space. But before we bring on our guest, here are a few things you can do aside from watching this podcast. I have 98 other episodes of inspiring stories that I know you're going to have time to listen to. And one of the super important ones, episode 77, is what we need to talk about when we talk about health with Dr. Sandro Galea. He is an epidemiologist, and he's the dean of public health at Boston University, and super smart dude, but pretty much predicted 
how this stuff happens. And I would highly recommend you listening to that for really smart information. Also, if you're just kicking around with some time, The Great Hack on Netflix. So if you're getting your information from Facebook, <laughs> uh, you know, and I've even been like subject to like, I read something and I'm like, oh, that sounds great. It sounds real. And then later on find out that like eh, anybody can like make videos and graphs with, uh, you know, facts and figures. One more super juicy one. If you want to know why we have so many people in this country that don't believe that this is real or that you should be doing social distancing or isolating yourself um, for the good of other people. Um, another Netflix special called Behind the Curve, which is talks about the Flat Earth Society and why we are lacking in critical thinking. And, um, you know, that kind of goes when you have like, I don't know, a whole bunch of like really smart doctors saying one thing. And then you're like, nah, I don't really believe that. You know, that's not critical thinking <laughs> because the, uh, the trick, <laughs> really smart people say that they don't know everything and they're willing to ask questions. If you think you know everything, I mean, because there's no way you could <laughs> unless, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe you've been to med school and like have 200 PhDs. Maybe you know more, <laughs> but uh, I don't. And um, I guess I assume I don't and um, I'm learning every day. So sorry, just wanted to bring that all in for the times and give you some stuff to watch. But this podcast is relevant too because we all have blind spots in our life and we all have some limiting beliefs that can stem from, you know, wherever in our lives. And um, limiting beliefs can really hold you back to living to your full potential. So today, my guest is super smart in her field and she is going to tell us all about how we can essentially use these different tricks to become a better person. So Caroline Nixon is a modern day life coach who loves to help clients see themselves more clearly with her business, Caroline Nixon International. She does this work by serving as a client's accountability guide where she emboldens successful women to achieve their goals by holding them responsible for their action steps. And I just wanna say like, side note, yay. I really only do things when I'm held accountable. So, love that. Anyways, but from helping an entrepreneur successfully launch a personal rebrand to assisting a stay-at-home mom and in increasing her paid writing portfolio by 75%, her joy comes from working alongside and motivating her clients to reach their full potential. One of the new and exciting aspects of her coaching business has been creating destination workshops. She hosts destination workshop, workshops in Dallas and St. Petersburg, and in the spring, she goes to the islands and that of Martha, Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket for the summer. So welcome to the show, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I kind of bumbled through that. I was getting so excited. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm just going to let you just go ahead and dive in with what you know. And I gave Caroline a little something ahead of time because she's going to real live example this. Yes. So thank you so much for letting us use your example, which is so relatable to everyone. I know it will be as a way of explaining how do we shift from limiting beliefs, which oftentimes we know aren't even true, but 
in our subconscious, they're kind of running in a circle around in our brain that we don't even realize that sometimes we don't even realize that it's happening. Yeah. And then when we want to shift from that to an empowering belief. So since we have choice, what type of beliefs do we want to have that are helpful? So how I like to explain this before we get into the example is that we have neural pathways in the brain. So every time you have a thought, you release a chemical. And so those chemicals start wiring together. They say that nerve cells that fire together, wire together. So if you've been telling yourself one thing for a long time, I call it like a cement road where it's smooth, it's fast, it's easy to drive, and you're, it's a groove that's been enforced in your brain. So in order to uproot that cement road, it takes some effort. And so repetition of the new belief is very important because the new belief is almost like a gravel road. And so at first it's bumpy and it's uncomfortable, and then eventually it'll become a cement road. So the process I'm gonna take you through is how do we identify, even become aware of the limiting belief and how do we replace it? Love it. Yes, are you ready to get started? Let's go. Okay, so would you like to tell the audience what your limiting belief was? Yes, and so I get the feeling sometimes that like nobody helps me and I'm doing everything by myself. And, um, you know, when I get overwhelmed and come home and I'm like, it's a mess and I got dogs and kids are just, you know, and then I'm a control freak, <laughs> which maybe, you know, makes that stuff happen. But, um, but I do also know it's not true because I do get a lot of help, but I do tend to, when I get overwhelmed, I think that, and that's my go-to is that nobody helps me. That is such mm -hmm. a good one because I think we all have felt that way at some point. So it's a very relatable example. Yeah. So now that you've identified it, on a scale to one to 10, how much do you believe that to be true? 10 being, I believe it wholeheartedly, and one being, you know, I don't really believe that at all to be true. I'm gonna still say I'm a hard six probably on that. Yes, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad mm -hmm. you were honest about that because what we, that's very normal and part of the process is because that belief has been circulating in your brain for a long time, it starts to feel true yeah. because it's been reinforced so many times. So what physical sensations or textures in your body do you feel when you say that? Oftentimes when we say something, we can feel something physically in our body. And for me, it often resides in my stomach or my shoulders. Where in your body, when you say that statement, does it reside in your body? I know I carry usually a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders. So like nobody's helping me. You're carrying the world on your shoulders, yeah. Uh -huh. right? Yeah. And what does it feel like? And what is the, if there was, is there a color that represents that, that weight or a texture or smell or a taste to it? I would say bitter. Mm. Is it heavy or light on your shoulders? Heavy. Yeah. And is there a color that would represent that feeling? Gray. Perfect. So now we have a gray, bitter tasting, heavy feeling in the shoulders and neck. And now that we know where it is, we'll just take a cleansing breath in through the nose and out through the nose, straight to the shoulders and neck. Can you hear Good. <laughs> 
Because that's what, sorry. That's that, can you hear the breathing? <laughs> um, so now let's do the opposite. Is there a positive color, texture, smell, or taste? What would it be? And it doesn't, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say my positive color is going to be blue is coming at me like a light, bright blue. I love that. And, yes. um, Mm. Taste, of course, sweet, <laughs> but like a fresh sweet, not like an artificial sugar sweet. Right, right. Okay, perfect. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to, have you ever run the faucet and the water came out dirty at first and then it ran clear no. after a couple minutes? No, but I know, but I can visualize that happening. <laughs> I, have, I have a whole house water filter. That doesn't happen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're doing though is we're going to take the gray bitter heavy color uh -huh. and we're going to flush that out with the that beautiful blue sweet tasting color okay. and so what i want you to envision is like if there was a waterfall starting at the crown of your head with the positive color sweet tasting and it's washing through your body almost like a french press and it's pressing down out through the gray. Okay, I'm visualizing that now. And what we're gonna visualize too is that the gray is gently moving through the body and out through the feet. And the blue is now encompassing the entire body. And what we're doing is I always say that when you release that um, negative color, through the and energy through the body, it gets recycled for something good. So then it frees it up and it becomes neutral. And then I like to set an intention that it's then being used something beneficial. Okay. So we are going to take one breath. I know you you really can't with the microphone, but I'll do it for you. I'll do it anyways. We'll just hear yeah. breathy. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of think about that washing through. Very nice. Thank you. Could you kind of, do you feel any different having done that? Yeah, I totally got a really, really good visual. I did like a little dissociation to see myself, you know, outside oh, and to watch it all too. go down. And then I let that gray go into the um, ground and turn into fertilizer. Ah, oh, perfect. A++ student. You did it. I took an extra step in there. <laughs> Um, so now we'll get to something a little bit more tangible. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to come up with a positive statement. Okay. And so we want to start the statement out to where our brain doesn't fight us. So we say, maybe I could consider. So we're not committing to a new thought. It's just uh, brainstorming that there might be other thoughts available. I like it. Maybe I could consider. So what would be the opposite of the statement you just made? So yeah, maybe I could consider the fact that I do have some help. Yes. And I also would like to add, like, I receive help from other people when I ask. And I do receive help from other people when I ask. That's, I guess there's the trick question there. Asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want to include because um, we're not mind readers. And so when we need help, we have to ask for help. 
right. instead of thinking, oh, people know and they're just ignoring our our needs. Right. Yeah. That's therein lies my problem sometimes, the asking for help. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other part of it where feeling comfortable when someone helps you and they don't help you in the way that you would have liked to have for them to have done it. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. <laughs> kind of accepting that whatever the gift is, is, is good enough. Yeah. And so, well, I really wanted you to do it a certain way. Yeah. That's good. Um, so can you tell me anybody in your life that, you know, is very good about asking for help when they need it? Hmm. Um, oh, my kids. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, they'll, they'll usually ask if they need something often. <laughs> That's a good, that you parented them well then. Yeah. Taught them that it was okay to ask for help. Um, so we do this part to show ourselves that other people are actually doing it. Yeah. You know, someone else is doing it besides us. Mm-hmm. And then has there ever been a time in your life where you have asked for help and received help? A oh, situation? Almost all the time when I ask for help, I do receive help. Okay, if if I've specifically asked somebody to do something, people are very helpful. Especially with childcare, I know I ask a lot. And everybody's always pretty receptive to help me, the people that I ask. That's for sure true. Good, good. And then that's the other thing that we do with our brain is now we're accessing our prefrontal cortex, which is a rational, reasonable part of our brain to say, oh, wait, I've done this before and it worked, you know, and I've seen other people do it and I've actually done it and it's been effective. Yeah, that's true. Teaching the brain to think about this a little differently. So now we're going to say the statement again with, I'm willing to consider the possibility that And so you'll finish that sentence. I'm willing to consider the possibility that I don't do everything by myself. And? And I do get help when I ask for it. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And now what we want to do is we want to bring back that blue color Mm -hmm. and do another waterfall moment where we just submerge your whole body with it for breath. Very good. Nice. And so now tell me on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe the positive statement to be true? You know, 10 being absolutely, one being, you know, I'm not sure. I don't really know if that's going to be true or not. Oh, that I do everything by myself? Mm. No, that that it's um, okay uh, to ask for help oh, when you need it. Yeah, 100%. 10. Oh, good. Uh-huh. 10. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true when I do. It does happen. Good, mm-hmm. good. So, or that, I get a legitimate no, and it's not because they don't want to. It's because, like, uh, you know, I'm busy and I physically can't. You know, right, right. But you do believe the statement that if that it's okay to ask for help, and you can ask for help, and that if you do ask for help, then you wouldn't be doing everything on your own. Yes, that's true. Okay, good. And you believe that to be a ten. I yeah, I think I believe that to be a ten. Yeah. Perfect. Uh-huh. So the idea is, is that we, you would do the same practice, go through all these steps and we wouldn't have to do it as slowly as we did the first time, yeah. but you do it on your own for the next seven days. 
And that's again, to take that gravel road of that new neural pathway and really submit it in the brain through repetition. So repetition strengthens and confirms until the belief becomes natural. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy that the old belief, the limiting belief is just kind of on automatic and the new belief you're going to have to work a little harder for. Right. I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the big piece that people often miss mm -hmm. is that disconnect where they know an old limiting belief isn't true but it becomes so natural to them and they don't understand why it's so difficult to adopt a new belief system. Right. And I think the missing piece has been, and it's not very sexy, but this idea that you just have to do it over and over and over again. Right. That's for sure. True. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause likewise, like you said, if you're always telling yourself one thing, you're creating one neuropathway, like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You've laid down that road over and over again versus I can, 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 different road. Exactly. You've got it. You're a quick study. Well, I do hypnosis, but you know, sometimes we all can't do everything for ourselves, you know, and there's just like certain things that like I have that even I try to like work on with my tricks, but they're not working. And I really like this. That combination of the visualization, the colors, like getting all the senses in there. Nice job. Yes. <laughs> I find that when our, in order to get our nervous system into a sympathetic, uh, so excuse me, parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and digest, the calm, mm -hmm. calmness in the body, we have to first attend to the body and get the body calm. And then the mind will come with us. For sure. But if we try and change our mind when we're mostly in a sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight, you're not getting your brain to do anything else besides survival, um, which we know is not our higher thinking brain. And so that's why it's so important to call upon the senses, to just get back to the body, calm the body, then you can train the mind. Yeah, right. And I was even just thinking now, like, you know, especially in the time that we're in now where it's more important than ever to help one another. Um, and especially for those people listening that might have that same limiting belief or they're afraid to ask for help, this would be a super good exercise. Yes, yes, I agree. And can I give you another tip that's been very helpful, especially during this time when we're um, with loved ones bring a it. lot, yeah. more than we're used to, maybe? Yeah, bring them on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's um, a gentleman named Dan Siegel and he has something called the hand-brain model. Have you heard of this? Uh, I know who he is, but tell me about the hand-brain model. So he describes the different parts of our brain, um, and he has this great visual. And I know for the people listening, I'll just describe it so that you can uh, follow along with us. Sure. So if you put up the number four in your hand, the thumb here represents your limbic system, which is our emotions mm -hmm. and our feelings. And um, our, our uh, wrist is our spinal cord. And then like the palm of our hand is our um, kind of ancient brain, our kind of unconscious beliefs. Mm -hmm. This is what he calls flipping your lid is when you have a number four. Okay. What you really would like to have is to have your four fingers down covering your thumb. 
because this area is representing the area that covers your thumb. It's called your prefrontal cortex, which I call like your, your powerhouse brain, your rational thinking, your ability to problem solve, to be solution focused. Love that part. (laughs) Yeah, we all love that part. And what happens is, is when we are in a crisis or our emotions get flooded and we're in our sympathetic fight or flight, we flip our lid. So Ah. there, when we have the number four up, we don't have access to the language, the rational thinking, that all we have are raw emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that's why sometimes when you're in an argument with someone that you love, you don't really behave the way that you um, want, you know, think that you should, and you're not even saying things that you would normally say if you felt like you were in your right mind. It's because all you're doing is reacting and not able to access that like powerhouse of rationality. Right. In stressful times, what's sometimes nice, like even if you get in small tiffs with people at home, just say, I'm flooded. I flip my lid give up the number four so they can see it Uh and say, I need to take a break. Right? That's super good. Yeah. So you go to the bathroom, you take a shower, you go out and take the dog on a walk. You just need a moment to calm your body down so that you can get access again to that prefrontal cortex and you can access the solutions and how do I want to make this right? And those types of thoughts. But you can't get there until you've calmed down the body. That's for sure. Because I know, like in hindsight, anytime I'm reactive or just freak out about something, it's never good. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it's always. And then when you can just like identify that in yourself, like, hey, I think I'm freaking out here. I need yes. to just like chill for a second. Number four, put it down. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you tell the other person about it, Maybe you can't even speak. You're that upset. Yeah. And you just throw up that four and they're like, okay, take a break. Right. (laughs) Chill out. (laughs) Or else, um, I don't know if this has been your experience, but you'll start saying more damaging things if you try and continue on. Oh, yeah. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned my lesson about like, you know, just from a long time about not saying things that I might later regret and, um. And I do try to say, like, I can't speak to you right now. I need to come back later. (laughs) And then, but, you know, it took me a little longer to learn this. You know, that's like the physical with somebody around. But on, say, social media, I used to want to, like, get irked about something and dive right in. And and now I'm like, whoa, 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 girl. No need to do that. (laughs) For a thousand reasons. (laughs) You know, uh. One of being what you just said, not thinking with that brain. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or even if, you know, the media right now is alarming. Yeah. And so even being conscientious of how much you're consuming. And when you kind of start to feel like that for and you're kind of freaking out, maybe you need to take a break just from the media for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I took a two-year news break. (laughs) 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 so like i mean only like reading headlines like i'm not kidding i don't and then the other day i did dive in for a second and as soon as i did my blood pressure was like skyrocketing so i had to turn it off that's so wonderful that you noticed that in your body oh yeah (laughs) physical reaction 
for sure. Like I had noticed, um, and I believe this too, like it's your emotions will set off physical disease in you for sure. I mean, I live that live um, of having like physical problems after being under high stress and keeping anger to myself, which is not good. Um, and then try to eliminate things in life, such as the news, which is like, I mean, it's made to like, if it leads, it bleeds, they're trying to freak you out or you won't watch, you know, because if they said, oh, everything's fine, you know, go back out, you're not going to tune in. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I think a lot of us have never <clears throat> been taught how to handle our emotions in a healthy way. Sure. They don't and teach you that anywhere. <laughs> no. So I'd love to take us through a, a very short exercise. Yes. Uh, and to say that our emotions are there to, I call them like the check engine light. They're just warning signals. They're trying to communicate. They're not just there to be a nuisance. So yes, let's do that. Yeah. When you can realize there's meaning to them and they become a lot more, um, you can become a lot more accepting about allowing to feel them. Yeah. So the truth is you have to feel your feelings in order to find healing. That's true. So the best way to do it is to, it's counterintuitive, is to allow the feeling to wash over you like an ocean wave mm -hmm. and allow it to completely consume you. Those, you know, it's maybe a small feeling in your body and then you just allow it to spread all throughout the body. And similar to the other exercise, you also keep breathing and allow it to release through the feet. And you just tell yourself, this too shall pass, this won't last forever. Right, because that's and true. Nobody's ever mad for forever or happy yes. for forever. <laughs> yes. And what you'll feel is if you really allow it to be there just for a couple seconds, it will release you the feet and you will feel a sense of relief. It's like there's an audible sigh. You just, your shoulders drop and you just go, ah, and then it's gone. And then you can analyze why was it here? Talk to a friend, journal about it. But if you don't, if you just bury it, um, like most people do and become that volcano until it eventually erupts, mm -hmm. um, there will always be a low hum of it. Yeah. So it's always with you if you don't attend to it. It's not like it just goes away if you ignore it. That's for sure true. Yeah. Nothing goes away if you ignore it. It just gets <laughs> in there. And then I call it like the uh, stuffed, you know, like it only stuffs up and then it does it blows usually on something little. And then you're like, well, what are you yelling at me for that for? Oh no, it was like 500 other things I had locked up in there. Exactly. And then you think, <laughs> why did I get so upset? And then you can realize, oh, this, this was like the slow burn. The, yeah. The lava was building and now the volcanoes erupted. And yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. What other tips you got? You're just like, uh, I, I mean, this is super good information that really they don't tell you. And especially, you know, it depends on how you grew up, you know, if you didn't have totally emotionally intelligent parents, you know, and, you know, not to blame somebody, but they all come, comes from somebody somewhere down the line and just keeps going until one person is like, wait, this is weird. <laughs> we should talk about things. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, we don't get a life class in yeah. during school. No. And they did not give out instruction booklets with children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. This information I feel like is becoming more readily available, but it's not as available as you would think. That's, at the moment. that's for sure. Or that I think some people too, like, and for a long time I can say for myself, like, I didn't think there's anything wrong with me. You know, I'm like, I'm just <laughs> fine operating the way I am doing what I want. 
you know, until you like bump a little bit and then self-awareness hits you and you're like, oh, wait, maybe that wasn't as smooth as I thought it was because, you know, the cycle goes like that. So, um, yeah, keep going. <laughs> what else would you like to know about? Well, I don't know. Tell us more about just what you do and like, uh, you know, how you help people and um, all that kind of stuff. Great. So I am an accountability guide, so I'm gl glad to explain it because no one knows what that is. Mm -hmm. um, I call myself a modern day life coach. So what I do is I work with individuals one-on-ones on projects, dreams, inspirations, things, ideas, things that they've never actually followed through with. And it's not for lack of motivation or effort or skill. It's based on they've they're typically the type of person that puts other people's needs before their own. Mm -hmm. So therefore their work and the thing they want, want to do never truly gets prioritized. Nice. So since they are so good at pleasing other people and they're so good at doing things for other people, the accountability guide works really well because they want to please me and they want to make sure that they are honoring our work and our deadline. Yeah. And so Part of what we do is the first thing we do, which I think is so important, is we do wins for the week. So we celebrate every small thing that's happened because oftentimes when you're working on a project or an idea, you can kind of forget how far you've come. So at, at the end of working together, I have a list of every all the wins from every week so they can see how small efforts, small wins over time make a big difference. And I think we really underestimate that as a society um, where we want big change quickly and kind of seeing how small incremental changes can actually make the biggest difference is, is a great mindset shift. And sometimes you have to see it to believe it. Right. That's true. Because I think we see a lot of like, especially, you know, social media makes it where it just looks like, oh my God, they're so successful. And you're like, well, you didn't see the like 10 years of work, you yes. know, of little hustle that got them there because it does just appear that like, you know, everybody's an overnight success. And that's really rarely, rarely, rarely very true. Exactly. Exactly. And then what I do with people is I break down week by week, what is prioritized, what's doable, and what do I think they'll actually, you know, succeed with? Because oftentimes people want to do too many things at one time. That's that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's unrealistic, their expectations of themselves. Yeah. And so I can kind of help rein them back. And then as we work together, life doesn't happen the way you think it's going to. Right. Um, this is a perfect example of the times we're in right now. So you can plan but it's not going to work out that way. Right. So how do you respond when life isn't going the way that you had set it up to go? And so that ultimately ends up kind of being the work that we do is learning how to pivot and to be adaptable and to know that, you know, you might have five things on Monday that were completely tangible to get done. And by Wednesday, none of them are going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the mindset shift there? And how do you, how do you, you know, readjust to, to still getting what you want, but maybe in not the way you thought it was going to happen. Right. And that's super important, especially for times like now when, you know, and that is, you know, a key to like being resilient in things is that, you know, these are, we're in unprecedented times of things like this have never happened before. 
and it's choosing to see this as an opportunity to like, okay, so I don't have control over this thing, but how can I control what I can control and refocus? Exactly. And refocus towards the solutions, like you said, of what is in my control and what do I want? Now that I am in this situation, what do I want from it versus being a victim and not doing anything because life is happening to you? So I say life is happening for you. Yeah. And figuring out how to make make that true for you is is a way to, to navigate life because as we know, life is change and, and life is not easy yeah. for anyone, I don't think. Right, yeah. Let us know if it's super easy for you and <laughs> give us your tips. <laughs> yeah, and- um, You're just gliding on by there, Keep, right? keeping that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and my good friend, Holly Finnegan and I are gonna do a four- four-part workshop series starting on Monday, and it's called Activate Awareness. Tell us and about that. We're going to be talking about how do you find the joy and find the clarity during these uncertain times? Because like you said, it's unprecedented. But some of these principles kind of hold to be true no matter what the situation is, even if it's something that we've never charted before. Right. And we're not going to be like this for forever, just like your emotions. Like you're not, we're not ever going to be stuck in this exact moment in time of where we are for forever. Everything has a beginning, a middle and an end. Exactly. And I think for people to remember that is a great mental health tip that this too shall pass and this won't last forever because our, you know, that's the life is impermanent. I mean, things are always shifting, always changing. Right. And um, I don't know if you do anything like this, but I um, I like to look at myself like kind of like a year or so in review. So sometimes I like to think, you know, you might get, I might get stuck in like, oh, this sucks right now. And you know, that way, way, way. And then look at like, if I say like, oh, 10 years ago, did I even think I would be where I was now? You know, or to see where I'm coming from or anything even like that. Like just to comparatively say like, what's better? than last year or what's different, you know, and usually, and then I guess if I find myself in the same spot year after year and I don't like it, that's a clue too. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there before as well. (laughs) Me too. It's like, I'm getting the same result, but I'm also doing the same thing I've always done. Yeah. So if I do anything differently, if anything would change. (laughs) Yeah. And what do you say to people that like, when they, when they get into that pattern, like if you're like, you know, do you assess that for people like, okay, I see you're doing something and it's not working. You know, how do you get people to like, say like, okay, get off of that train. (laughs) I mean, I, I think I use like Dr. Phil's line, which is like, how's that working for you? Yeah. (laughs) And they get like, oh, uh, not well, (laughs) Right. (laughs) usually laughter and some like busted, you know? (laughs) Uh Yeah, that's good. And accountability really is, um, I just love what you're doing because I know for me personally, if I'm not being held accountable and I, you know, I know what works for me and like getting things done, not that I can't self-motivate, but all of the big things, if I don't have some sort of level of accountability, probably not going to (laughs) happen. You know? I find it's more meaningful to, to collab, co-collaborate with someone else. For sure. The process is more enjoyable. I mean, we are meant for connection. We are built for connection. So to kind of have someone with you on the journey just makes it that much richer. 
I think so too. And then also to bring somebody else's perspective in mind, like, cause I only know what I know. And then like, like, for example, if I partner up with you, then you've got this whole other skill set and like tools and tips and tricks that like can make it way better. Exactly. And I always say like, when you're doing something big, there's always going to be a major roadblock right before it goes, it launches. So oftentimes people get stuck in that place where they're, oh, I was on my path. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And then there was a roadblock. So I just stopped, you know, and that's when I can tell people, no, this means you're almost there. Like if you just keep going through this, there's going to, that's when you're really going to launch off. You are so close. This is a sign that you are like almost to where you are going to see miraculous results. Nice. And so this workshop you have coming up, is it going to be, is it going to be a virtual workshop? Uh, it, it is. It's going to yeah. be virtual. It's going to be Monday, March 23rd from 7 to 9 p.m. And this one specifically is going to be about grounding down. Um, so getting really grounded and finding connection. Awesome. And how can people sign up for that if they are interested? Well, they can go to my Instagram, which is carnix 2 um, and direct message me. And we're also going to do an event right for it. Awesome. And I will put all of this information in the show notes too. So afterwards, if you want to hook up with Caroline that you can, and any other last bit of information or tips or something that you want to say to everybody listening. I would say, try to be as generous as you can during this time. Um, not just out of the goodness of your heart, but also because it does something for you as well. It, it, generates endorphins in the body and it makes you feel good. So it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't hurt anybody to be kind and it only helps. That's right. Yes. Well, I want to thank you just so much for being on the show and for just helping me with that limited belief because, you know, I might need to ask for some help soon. (laughs) Yes. I'd like to say you did the work. Thank you for being aware and open and, and asking for help. Yeah, that that was the exact example. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm so excited to try it. And I'm going to keep up with that visualization exercise. And I highly believe in um, repetitive visualization to get you to a better spot because I've done it before and I know that it does work. I really, really do. And, um, you know, like with anything else, this is another way. You don't know it unless you actually do it. So if you've been doing that same road of telling yourself the wrong thing, And even if you think like, that's hokey, I shouldn't just say that. But if you just said it for seven days, I know, and my Caroline, you can probably attest to this, you will see a difference. Yeah, just try it out. Just think of it as an experiment. It doesn't have to work. but It's free to say words. (laughs) Yeah, you need to try it. And I'll hold you accountable. I'll be texting you each day to see if you've done it. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on. And for everybody listening, you know that there is always another way.